Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show, I've got two buddies, Devin McDonald and Josh Plummer. Now, both of these guys are diehard whitetail hunters, although they hunt a bunch of other things. Honestly, one of them liked to hunt with a bow more, the other with a rifle. And since they've kind of converted each other to using both pieces of equipment while hunting. Now, they also hunt hogs and coyotes and a whole number of other things. Bottom line is these guys are outdoorsmen that just like to get out there and pursue adventures outside. So I'm really excited about this episode. Let's jump in. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. I am joined by two outdoorsmen, two buddies who are fresh off a couple different hunts, it sounds like. Josh Plummer, Devin McDonald, how are you guys doing? Good. Good. How are yeah. you doing? Yeah, we're good, man. Good. It's it's uh, been kind of a wild week around here. I left to go shed hunting down in New Mexico. Partway through, my wife called me and said, hey, how do you feel about me being gone for Florida when you get back? And I was like, oh, wait, without me? And so I came back, picked up the kids, and uh, yeah, it's just been kind of quiet around here since I got back. But going from hiking 10 miles a day in the mountains to just kind of sitting around and shuttling the kids back and forth to school is a whole different whole different pace. Yeah, one's probably a lot more tiring than the other, and it's probably not <laughs> shed hunting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the amount of uh, snack requests and, oh, I'm still thirsty, can we go do this? I'm like, listen, just because mom's here doesn't mean we get to do whatever we want, although we do have quite a bit of fun. So. Yeah, that's how it should be. Yeah, yeah. yeah it puts, a, puts those 10-mile hikes in perspective. Sometimes they're not so bad when you juxtapose them to taking care of kids. <laughs> For real. Uh, why don't you guys – Start out by sharing with the listeners a little bit about yourselves, maybe how you got into hunting, uh, where you guys are at now, and then, I mean, you guys are friends, and you started Reasons Hunting together, so maybe touch on that a little bit. Yeah, sure. So, uh, I'll start off. So, again, yeah, my name is Devin McDonald. Um, I've been living in Indiana, grew up in Indiana for the most part, um, not too far south or from, I guess, where you're from, Dan, up in Wisconsin, yeah. a couple hours away, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, you know, grew up outside in the outdoors playing sports, you know, Josh and I played sports together for a long time, a couple of years, um, you know, grew up hunting. My dad got me into hunting when I was young. It kind of, you know, him and his brothers hunted when they were kids, hunted with their dad and kind of went on from there and um, been doing it ever since. Probably like a lot of guys took a little bit of a hiatus, you know, through the college years, a little bit time in the military. It's hard to hunt when you're not in the country. Um, and then kind of, you know, after the military kind of got back into it and 
bow hunting for the most part is my my preference really um i've gotten far more animals through through the old uh, stick and string than i have through the rifle but yeah i just grew up hunting you know hunting birds and i think i was recent podcast you had you guys were talking about shooting the old daisy 88 and nailing sparrows yeah you know, i remember hitting, hitting starlings out my bedroom window or you know doves off the power line or whatever stuff you're probably not supposed to do but ended up doing it all the time anyway and you know just kind of went from there and progressed and here we are now just honing in your skills man if you can shoot if you can shoot a little dove or a starling or a cardinal or whatever you're probably going to be a pretty lethal shot when it comes to big caliber stuff yeah, it's uh, it definitely teaches you a lot. You don't realize it when you're a kid. You're like, man, this is fun. I'm gonna tag that sparrow from you know whatever I don't know twenty yards or whatever, and you don't realize. But yeah, those those small shot placements really do make a big difference. <laughs> That's awesome. So when you got started in hunting, was it with a bow right away, or did you learn with a rifle and then kind of switch over? Um, yeah, it was with a bow. My first hunting trip, um, I I remember my. Uh, it was, it was kind of baptism by fire. My, my uncle was a 3d archery shooter and did really well with that. And so, uh, he got my dad into shooting a bow. And then of course, you know, I grew up, I, you know, my first bow was like the, the fiberglass with a string, you know, and, uh, started shooting with that and graduated. And I think it was, it was either my 11th or 12th birthday. I forget what it was. I was big enough and strong enough to pull the, you know, state minimum, I think it was with 35 pounds or something like that. So my dad got me a bow for my birthday and, you know, come October 1st, it was, oh, it's, you know, Friday afternoon, first weekend of bow season. I'm leaving school at like one o'clock in the afternoon. Dad's picking me up and sits me, we were hunting an apple orchard, I remember, and puts me under an apple tree and says, stay here, don't move till I come and get you. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that was my first hunting trip with a bow. Dang, that's the way to do it. Josh, what about you? Yeah, so like Devin, so I grew up in uh, cornfields of Indiana, you know, born and raised, you know, I uh, was an outdoor kid. So I, I didn't really grow up in a hunting family. So, you know, a lot like Devin, I think a lot of my what you could call hunting experience was, you know, really running around the woods with friends, you know, with a BB gun, probably, you know, shooting birds, did some fishing. Yeah, you know, a little bit of coyote hunting, but that's really probably about it. You know, I I, I kind of hit my stride later with hunting, but the the seeds were sown real early with being an outdoors guy. I was in, you know, was in Boy Scouts, always camping, very involved with ath athletics. You know, I've known Devin since we were in seventh grade. You know, playing sports together all through high school. You know, um, through college. You know, and then right after college, I also went into the military as well didn't intend to make it a career, but, you know, fast forward 16 years and, you know, seven deployments later and, uh, it had all kind of taken a toll on me. I was actually in the process of getting, uh, uh, med board for a medical retirement. Um, and a, uh, good buddy of mine who had also had also been medically retired shortly before I did, it started, a, a an outfit a hunting outfit. His name is Ryan. He's actually the guy we just recently hunted with. And uh, he hits me up. He's like, hey, man, he's like, all right, you want to go hunting? There's this uh, uh, nonprofit called Combat Marine Outdoors. They do these hunts down in Texas. They bring in, you know, wounded warriors. He's like, it's like four or five star, you know, um, accommodations. They put you out there. And I'm like, you know what? You know, I hadn't thought about hunting in 16 years, but I was like, that sounds great. And I'm in. 
And uh, so I signed up and ended up being a great trip. They fly down to Texas. We were at a place called the Wyo Ranch. It was a huge ranch down there. They hunt a lot of exotics, but they got everything down there as well. They pair you up with this uh, host family who ends up being like your hunting guide and you know your host for the weekend. There's eight veterans total. And I got paired up with a Vietnam era veteran who was down there with his family. He sets me up. He's like, hey, here's what I got. You know, he, he's got it all planned out for me, just like any great guide would. He's like, I got, he's like, have you ever hunted black buck antelope? And I'm like, I was like, aside from like, like Devin, like sparrows, I haven't really hunted anything. So I'm game <laughs> for anything. He's like, I got this, you know, little opening. He's like, we're going to set you up 200 yards. And I'm like, 200 yards, but okay, sure. He set the bar high and he's like at 7 a.m. every morning they come out. So I'm like, all right, cool. So we get out there like hour before the sun's up, 6.55 in income two big old Texas hogs. First time I'd ever seen wild hogs. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. He's like, don't worry, they're coming. And I like literally we're like 702 on the dot. Like in comes this herd of black buck antelope. I'm like, holy crap, this guy was right. You know, take my time, you know, look for the right one. You know, black buck antelope are awesome. They got the cool spiral horns and everything. Pick out the right one, line him up, one shot, does a 180, drops, doesn't take a step you know, and, and, and right there. So like seven Oh six AM, like, you know, of the very first morning of like a three day hunt, I'm tagged out, <laughs> you know, and it was a, it was a pretty cool experience though. Cause for me, you know, like that was probably where I would say like the fire got relit with hunting. Um, you know, I, like I said, I was not in a great spot really, uh, in my life, you know, like physically just everything had taken a toll, you know, um, but it was great, you know, so I came back almost kind of re-energized, you know, loving it immediately hit up my buddy, Ryan, you know, like the next month went hog hunting with him, you know, bagged like two hogs, you know, and then from there, it was just kind of on like Donkey Kong, you know, the next, you know, whitetail season kind of went into it full bore and really ever since, you know, I've kind of have expanded their, you know, repertoire, you know, whitetail and, you know, now trying to get in turkey, hogs, um, you know, and really everything. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me and kind of how I got into it. Dang. That's, I mean, I, I see a lot of organizations and I actually get hit up by a lot of people on social media about being guests on the show with, uh, veteran organizations, taking them out hunting. What do you think it is about hunting specifically that just becomes kind of a release or therapy or whatever it is that these men and women coming back from service are connecting well with? Yeah. So this is something Devin and I talk about a lot. It's something he and I can both relate to. I I think there's a couple aspects to it, but I think it's for us and and you use the word therapy. And I think that's probably actually the perfect word for it. You know, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a hard life. It's a tough life, you know? And I think the biggest thing with being in the military is it gives you this deep sense of purpose. That's hard to recreate anywhere else. And with hunting, it is, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's that purpose, it's focus, it's an opportunity to do something, um, you know, productive, uh, you know, almost like a constructive hobby, right? It allows you to focus, um, you know, of course, you're never going to recreate what it was in the military, but it becomes this thing where, you know, it's almost like planning a mission, right? You know, you go out there and you execute and it's, um, and there's, you know, we'll be, you know, you got to be a little honest about it. There's this part of it that kind of, that kind of touches and, and quenches the, the kind of the caveman in you, you know, it hits this on this, um, the 
party of it that uh, is a little rugged. And then the, I think the other big thing too, is particularly with the, these veterans haunts these events. I think they're great because it's, it's camaraderie. You know, you get together with these guys who, you know, I've been on two of these hunts now with the CMO organization. They're great. Each time I've gone, I, I'm hunting with guys I've never met before, but we've all served. And, you know, like one, like the second time I went, I mean, I wasn't in the truck at the airport for 30 seconds and these guys are just bagging on me. Like we'd known each other for 15 years, but that that's like, you know, that's like what it's like in the military. And it's that instant camaraderie kind of sharing, you know, the, the hunting and, and kind of trading stories. And it's the same thing, you know, like just you know, the last hunt I went on with Devin and my you know buddy Ryan had my boys with me this time. And it allows you to kind of slip away and escape, I guess, to a degree uh, into this life that kind of when you transition out, you kind of to a degree have to leave behind because I think you develop some some habits and some um, some personality traits to kind of get by in the military that are not so um, they're not so highly cherished by the rest of the world. You know, dark sense of humor, for example. You know, you get brash. Like I, I say these things to Devin and some of my other military buddies that my wife just cringes about. She's like, ah, how could you say that? But, you know, that's just the way it is. And it allows you to kind of escape for a little while. So I think that's a, a huge part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely say, you know, to, to, to Josh's point there, you know, the camaraderie aspect of it, that's a lot of what, you know, what we're trying to do here with the, the company as well. But you know, when you're you're in the military, you you make friends with people that you've known, as Josh said, for for thirty seconds, and you know you've got your you've got their back, they've got yours. You depend on each other. It's your life, you know. And you think about it, you know, you think, you know, you talk about hunting trips you've gone with your buddies. You know, you think about what's your friendship like with your hunting partners. You know, it's different. It's yep. different. It's different than your everyday. I'm going to go watch the flag football or you know football on TV or or whatever else buddies but your, your hunting partners are different um it's just like your buddies in the military you know you know everything about everybody uh and you've all got each other's back and if you know if, if we were in you know we're unfortunately don't live next door to each other anymore but uh you know if, if it was one of those things where if if i downed a deer and josh was around and i said called him and said hey man i got this buck down in a a, a gorge or a holler or whatever you want to call it and he'd be there to help me in, a, in, a, in an instant, just like I'm sure any of your hunting buddies would be as well. You know, um, that's a real big piece of it that I think a lot of us um, associate with hunting and, and, and that we get from it uh, that we had in the military that it's hard to find elsewhere. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the camaraderie side of it is probably my biggest draw to hunting. Like I absolutely love, even even on the private properties that I've got access to, if I'm out there, I'm going to send four or five messages out. Hey, who wants to come out? Like they might not have access to it, but through me, they do. And I just love knowing that I've got a buddy out there with me, whether he's on the same 40 acres or, you know, a mile and a half away, we're both out there with the same goal. We know that as soon as we hear a gunshot or get that text, like buck down, we're going to be coming over. It's, yep. it's like a group victory in a sense. Yeah. yeah. And I've yeah, found in absolutely. my life for sure. It's, all of my closest friends are hunting buddies. I mean, there's there's guys that I play basketball with. There's guys that I do flag football tournaments with, maybe that I work out with, any number of things. But I know that if I'm in a jam, I can hit up one of those guys that I go hunting with all the time, and they're going to be there to help out no matter what. Yeah, it's more like family than they are anything. 
yeah, they really are. And it's always fun because, you know, hunters can all relate to each other being married while you're a hunter. Uh, that's always <laughs> some fun topics to hit on. And, uh, yeah. I, there's just something about it, man. And then Josh, I know you mentioned even the caveman aspect of it, you know, oh yeah, oh, yeah. we've been yeah, doing this forever. Like oh, yeah. humans have been doing this forever. And I find it funny when people are like, they come out and they're just so shocked at how quickly they get into it. And I'm like, it's in your DNA. Like, yeah, I'm making love. Like, you've been doing this. Oh, like, yeah. We as humans have been doing this as long as anything. And so oh, yeah. it just makes sense that you're going to connect with it right away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we'd be kidding ourselves if we didn't deny that there's just this primal nature to man. And I think there's some people that are naturally just a little more inclined to, I don't know, maybe let it creep in or just be in touch with it. But I think, you know, you know, next to the military, I think hunters are right there, you know, and it's, it's, and it's, it's it's an interesting concept too, because, you know, we're absolutely kind of in touch with our former cavemen selves. But the other thing that a lot of people I don't think realize about hunters is, is it's, it's not just about the killing for us either. I mean, don't get us wrong. Like there's a part you know, we love the, the, the hunt, the chase, the, but there's, it's also a very, you know, I hate to use, but almost, you know, very intellectually stimulating activity as well. You know, and it's a lot more complex than a lot of people understand too. I mean, hunters are you know conservationists, you know, um, you know, something, you know, so kind of an extension of the camaraderie. I've got 15-year-old twin boys now that are now really starting to show an interest in hunting. So the camaraderie that I share is really now starting to spread to my kids. And one of the big things that I'm spreading to them is is, you know, yeah, there's a a primal aspect of this. You know, there's it's you know, kind of coming into manhood. But it's also like, you know, there's a responsibility with this too, you know, so you talk about ethical hunting, ethical shots, you know, making sure you're making good kills. And then there's like a respect for the prey that we're hunting, right? You know, you're not just out there. Now, granted, you know, we just talked about, you know, we were shooting, you know, sparrows and stuff off the power lines and stuff when we were kids. I think everybody goes through that phase, you know, but when you start to become a, you know, a hunter, it's like, yeah, I mean, we're out there as cavemen, but we're doing it right. And we're doing it for the right reasons you know we want to put food on the table we want to you know fair chase hunting you know and and there's a lot of respect for it you know it's a really kind of emotional feeling you know when you down you know it doesn't matter whether you're doing it for the 80th time or the first time you know when you walk up on a you know something you just harvested i mean it's a it's an adrenaline rush and there's this extremely extreme feeling of, of gratitude you know where you know, you just, you just kind of had a, uh, an arm wrestling match match with mother nature. And of course I won because I've got a rifle. Right. But, you know, it's, it, there's a, I think, to, you know, real hunters have an extreme amount of respect um, for that, um, for that situation. I think that's a, a really great balance with kind of the caveman aspect of it as well. Yeah. So, so with this recent hunt that you guys went on, you, you went out for hogs. Now for people, I mean, like you said, you had not seen a wild hog up until that hunt. <laughs> they're, they're crazy animals. You know, it's not like a white tailed deer. It's not like, uh, oh, you put a shot on them. They're just going to drop in their tracks. Like they are hardy, hardy animals. And, uh, I've talked to multiple people now from Texas recently and I'm like, dude, it's a huge problem down here, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a huge problem. If you could get rid of all of them, 
like that because they're such a problem, would you? Oh, no, absolutely not. They're way too much fun to hunt. (laughs) I get that answer from everyone. Now, Mm -hmm. I haven't talked to somebody who like specifically makes their their living farming because I'm sure I'd get a different answer from them. But hog hunting is taking off. Like there's no seasons, no bag limits. You just go out and you kill hogs. You're solving a problem and it is good meat. I talk people all the time. Wait, you eat those things? I heard they're bad. I heard they're tough. You put anything on a smoker long enough, it's going to taste good. And I haven't had a bad hog yet. Yeah, I haven't either. How did yeah, hunt go? Where'd you guys go? So we were down in this most recent one. We were down in uh, North Carolina. Uh, was it Calabash? Yeah, it Cal- yeah. yeah, it's about, it's basically, it's pretty much right on North Carolina, South Carolina border, right between Wilmington and, and Myrtle Beach. Um, okay. Yeah. So like I said, a guy that worked with me in the Marine Corps, Ryan, uh, Paris, he runs hunting Carolinas. He's got, he had an outfit down there for a couple of years and he took a little break. And then just recently he got back started up again. You know, I, I've hunted with him for, you know, for years. And, um, you know, so we went down there and hunted with him, but it, you know, it's kind of funny. You're right. Hogs. It's, a uh, you know, the best part is, you know, with hunting, you want to do it year round and you can't, but hogs, you can, you know, so yeah. I know for De- Devin and I, I think this is the second year we've kind of done a spring hog hunt. It's kind of a nice little, uh, you know, it's something to kind of get your fix in between, uh, in between whitetail and turkey season. And then you got to find something to get you through the summer till whitetail starts back up in the fall. But I know, I think, you know, last spring we went out to Texas and Devin hunted hogs for the first time. And up till then, I think he'd only hunted whitetail and he, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was a good baptism by fire for him. Yeah. It's, it, you're right. And you, you said it's just totally different. I mean, you're, you're used to a deer and you hear, you know, I, we can't, Indiana, we can't bait or anything. So you're not used to sitting over a feeder. So you're sitting down and I don't know, a cut or a draw or whatever, or a ridge. And you're, you're listening for that, you know, <laughs> methodical rustling of the leaves as the deer comes through in between the 83 squirrels that have decided to drop acorns <laughs> on your head all day. Um, <clears throat> you mean, the hogs are just totally different. It's like one second they're there, they're not there. And the next second they are. And you're trying to pick out out of that 42 that are underneath the feeder you know, which one's the one you want to drop. And they just, they don't stop, man. They just don't stop. They constantly move. They're constantly twitching or bumping into each other. It's just, it's a totally different ball game. Uh, I love it. It's, it's so much fun. Um, it's definitely, I, I won't say it's better than deer hunting. I mean, that's what we grew up, what I grew up on. And that's, it's what I love for sure. Uh, but man, yeah, it's, it's a good time. I'm, I'm pretty hooked. I'll be honest with you. They're, they're just such a crazy animal to think that, you know, captive pigs got out and just became feral, like almost overnight and they reproduce so quickly. And I don't know statistics on like what animal is most likely to attack a person, like what wild game, but they've got to be up there. Yeah. They're nasty. They have no, they have no fear at all. Obviously, you know, if they sense danger, they're going to bolt. But like, if you get them cornered, if you come across them at the wrong time, those things will come after you. And there's no, I mean, aside from shooting them, like even with a knife, you stand no chance against a 150 pound hog, much less a 350, 450 pound hog. All right, guys, if you've been listening to the podcast, I'm sure you've heard me talk about the helicopter hog hunt that I did down in Texas. Now I went down there with rogue Texan outfitters and Landon and Brandon, the owners put us on the animals. We killed 150 pigs and 19 coyotes just from the air. On top of that, we went out thermal hunting at night and got up close and personal to more hogs. 
I didn't have to worry about bringing guns or ammunition because all of that was provided for me and it is to this day the most action-packed day of hunting I've ever had. I stand by what I've said in the past and that's that helicopter hog hunting is the funnest thing that you can do with pants on. In addition, they offer sandhill crane hunts and predator calling. So if you're looking for the most exciting hunt of your life and something that you're going to want to come back and do year after year, go check out roguetexan.com and book your hunt today. Oh yeah. You know, and what, what's crazy is a lot of people don't realize they're actually incredibly intelligent animals. You know, so I, I grew up on a, I grew up, you know, around farms, hogs, you know, had a, you know, grew up raising hogs and they're incredibly smart animals. You know, they figure out how to escape the pen, all kinds of stuff, but you know, wild hogs in particular, you know, you can tell hogs that have been hunted because they, they turn nocturnal, you know, and then you got to hunt them with thermal or night vision. And, and, you know, sometimes they get wily. I mean, you hear about, hog, you know, a sounder, you know, they'll send out the little ones first, you know, so, you know, they'll send out the little ones and the big ones will wait back in the tree line be like, all right, it's been 10 minutes. I haven't heard a gunshot and the big ones will come out, you know, and it's, um, but at the same time, it's also hard to know. So I know, you know, this, this trip we went on most recently, like I said, we went down to uh eastern north carolina mainly hunting hogs but it was also youth turkey season so i had both my boys down there with me one of them had, you know has not hunted before the other one you know he's he's bagged his first buck and he had his first pig last summer you know so he was actually looking more, more for turkey but the other one you know we, we took him out you know so we got down there got in the blinds i don't know four or five o'clock um you know we knew they were going to come out at dark and it was kind of funny on the way down there we were actually listening to one of your recent podcasts and you were talking to a guest about you take somebody out hunting for the first time and like within like 15 minutes, all of a sudden some, you know, big monster buck comes walking out while I'm sitting there, you know, with, with my son Connor and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, teach him to be patient. I got him prepared to be a long sit, you know, Hey, we could be here till late, you know, and, and we're just kind of sitting there and all of a sudden I look up and it's still daylight. I think we had literally been in the stand for 15 minutes and there's a group of like six pigs on the feeder. And they're what we call you now. So they're not, they're what we call Weber sized. So a, a Weber sized pig is about a two to three month old pig, not a piglet. They're old enough to get by on their own, but they're not quite a big. And they're just about the right size where you could skin them out whole and, and cook them whole on a Weber grill. That's why we call them Webers. So about five or six Webers. I'm like, Hey, bud, Hey, there's a, there's pigs on the feeder, you know? So he, he gets all fired up, you know, of course we've got a, a thermal rifle, but it's daylight. So he doesn't really need it, but you know, it was a great experience, you know, cause he's, you know, they're not going anywhere. All of a sudden, you know, you can tell all of a sudden I'd hear him, you know, breathe. And I'm like, all right, breathe, you know, all right, Hey, put it back on safe finger off the trigger, you know, and he, we probably watched him for five or 10 minutes, you know, and I'm you know, making sure he knows, Hey, wait for one to kind of step out. Don't shoot through a group, you know, wait till one steps out, wait till he turns broadside. You know, he finally gets one, you know, squeezes off a great shot, you know, hundred yards, you know, dumps it right there. 15 minutes into the hunt, we've got our first pig on the ground, you know, and it was, you know, from there, you know, Devin ended up having a great first night too, but, you know, long story short, we ended up like between me and my son, we ended up dropping five on the first night right there at that same feeder. He dropped yeah. one a little while later, another group came in. I dropped a, a, another Weber and a salve and he dropped a Weber. And then I was like, all right, we dropped four, four is enough. Right. And we're sitting there and all of a sudden he's like, dad, big, big, big pig. So I pick up the, the thermal binocular. It's dark by this point. And it's a big old boar. I mean, I can, you, you can just tell it's a big old boar. And he's like, can I shoot it? And I'm like, man, 
we've already dumped four pigs tonight, but a big pig like that walks out, you're not going to tell him no. So I'm like, all right, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You can drop, you can drop the big boar again. Same thing. I think we probably watched it for about 15 minutes because he was pretty wily. He was moving a lot. It was amongst the little ones. He finally waited for a great shot, squeezed off a great shot, you know, first time, first night hunting hogs, he ends up dropping a trophy size boar. I think it was, you know, for that area, uh, maybe 180, but that's a good size boar. So, oh, yeah. I, you know, we end up finding it, drag it back. I'm like, Hey buddy, you know, thanks. That was a, that's going to be a nice taxidermy bill right there, <laughs> but it's going to be a great wall hanger. Dang. So, yeah. So he had a great first night. That there's something about like thermal hunting also. I mean, there's so many things that you can do with pigs that you can't do with basically any other animal unless you go to texas then it's like the same thing for all non-natives but those pigs with thermals or chasing them in a helicopter or i mean you know most people who are shooting pigs have thermal setups they've got suppressed rifles and most hunters have never used either you know yeah when when you show up with an ar-15 or a ar-10 or whatever it is that they're using you're like oh I'm hunting with this. Okay. Yeah. Like I don't have to rack one every time. This oh, is yeah. Awesome. And oh yeah. Yeah. Especially have you guys done a uh, helicopter stuff yet? Helicopter hog hunt? No, we haven't, but it's definitely on the list. I'm telling yeah, you, is. I love, <clears throat> I love shooting pigs. There is nothing as fun in the outdoors as helicopter hog hunting. Now it's short lived, you know, like you're not going to be up there for a whole week at a time. So there's definitely, pros and cons to it i love going out to elk camp it's nine days in the back country with my buddies but as far as like packing as much fun into an hour as you can or into one day as you can you can't beat it yep. yeah it definitely looks like a good time that's for sure so between between the two of you i mean with your experience and with your kind of different journeys into hunting over the past couple decades right getting back into it uh Mm -hmm. you know josh you're are you bow hunting as well or are you doing more rifle stuff yeah so it's kind of funny where you know so devin's the bow guy Uh, so obviously me so i you know i think i had a a bow and arrow when i was young again just literally out shooting stuff when i was a kid but so i'm I'm primarily a rifle hunter um however probably within i I think I, i got i picked up a bow two three years ago you know, shooting a little bit, I'd say probably within about the last year, I've really kind of have, have gotten, um, kind of dedicated myself to it. Now I, I, I have not harvested anything with a bow yet, so I cannot call myself a bow hunter, but, uh, but, you know, I, I picked up a bow. I'm kind of in the process. I've actually got two bows now, you know, the second one, I kind of, you know, built myself, you know, restrung it, kind of going through the whole nine yards. So I'm actually kind of going through the paces, um, now I will admit, I you know, Devin and I, I, th- I think we have this divergence all the time where I'm like, look, if I ever have a choice between a rifle and a bow, I'm, I'm picking the rifle every time just because, you know, this is a game of odds that I'd rather, you know, I can shoot something out two, 300 yards, um, you know, versus, you know, waiting for him to get in 25, 30 yards with a bow. But, I, you know, I, I do like it and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I've actually, I'm waiting for the Wyoming uh, elk draw here to come out. I think May 5th or so it's supposed to come out. But uh, the goal is to uh, hopefully get out and archery hunt elk, you know, this fall. And that actually be a, that's going to be a pretty uh, steep <laughs> learning curve, you know, Wyoming archery elk for the first bow hunt. But, uh, but you know, I'm looking forward to getting out there with a bow and, and kind of 
and and doing something with it. So talk about a game of odds. I mean, you picked one of the lowest odds out of everything, <laughs> chasing after elk with a bow. Yeah, but I guess if I could do that, then uh, then it'll be easy anyway. You know, it's and it, and I had a few opportunities this this previous uh, whitetail season. You know, I, I've got about thirty acres uh, not too far from here. Um, but I've actually, you know, the part I left out in the beginning is after I got out of the military, I hadn't had enough pain and suffering. So I thought it'd be a great idea to go to law school. So I've, I've been a full-time law student for the last two and a half, almost three years. Now I finally graduated in May, thank God. And I blame Devin hundred percent for not talking to me. It was crazy crap before I even started, but, you know, I had fully intended to get out and archery hunt whitetail this year out of my property, but yeah, I just, I had zero time, you know, it, it's a lot easier to get out there you know, when you can sit in a blind, it's a lot of work, you know, setting up land, setting up your blinds, doing your work and kind of figuring out, you know, where they're going to be. And unfortunately for me, the land's not great for whitetail. It's really wide open and, you know, the deer don't like getting out there in the daylight anyway. So it was hard to pattern them. So I just, I never really did, but, um, you know, going to try to change up a few things this next season and get out there as well. Nice. Devin, have, is elk hunting something you've done or are you sticking primarily with whitetail? No, I would uh, definitely love to elk hunt. That's definitely my goal. Um, Western hunts, uh, for sure. Yeah, you know, my primary prey, uh, I guess, whatever has been whitetail, just because that's what's around here, you know, the big game around Indiana. But yeah, definitely. Archery elk hunting is, is like, for me, the, you know, everybody's like, well, what's that? What's that one hunt you want to do? Like, what, what was, like, if you could do anything, no price or whatever, I'm like, archery elk. 100% archery elk hunt yeah like, oh you don't want like a moose or no I don't want a moose uh they're great trust me I'd, I'd go hunt a moose any day don't 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 get me wrong but like I don't know something about elk and I've never been but just something about that's just always gotten me fired up and that is the one thing so you know we're doing the process of trying to bank points here and trying to bank points in this state and that state and and play the odds and whatever else so it's going to happen uh probably here pretty soon but yeah uh, elk for sure is definitely on the list are yeah. you uh now the progression seems to always go more primitive with weapons have you have you picked up a rifle for other things other than hogs or are you just um, yeah I've, I've taken a couple deer uh with a rifle when i say a couple I, it's, it's maybe four or five maybe um so not many uh, all my deer have all been bow um I always tend to get them that first or second week in November, which is still archery season here, uh, right before the rut that, you know, chase week or whatever you want to call it, um, seems to be when they, they like to hit the ground. Um, but yeah, no rifle, uh, for, for deer, that's about it. Um, and then hogs. Nice. Well, we're, and then this fall, so the, the, the plan is if he gets his Wyoming hunt, I'm going to meet him out there and we're going to do, uh, we're planning a DIY, um, probably, uh, depending on how it goes, maybe some black bear. So that'll definitely be a rifle, uh, for sure. Um, not quite up to bow hunting a bear yet. Something that can eat me just as easily as I can eat it is. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you're talking a black bear. The odds of a black bear coming after you are pretty okay. slim, right? Like, yeah. I mean, every now and then people get killed by black bears, but I feel like it's very slim. I think your odds are more likely to run into a grizzly while you're elk hunting yep. Wyoming yeah. than they yeah. are to get that, mauled by a black bear while hunting a black bear. That, yeah, that's my, actually, go ahead. I was going to say, that's actually what I was getting ready to say. I'm not really too worried about getting attacked by the black bear while I'm, while I'm eating or while I'm hunting them, you know, 
except, you know, maybe if he's, you know, not a great shot with an arrow, but it's honestly, it's the Grizzlies out there. Cause especially out there in Western Montana and Idaho, you know, that's, that's black bear and grizzly bear country. So. Yeah. yeah. I have this irrational fear of mountain lions. <laughs> Never been around one. We don't have them here, but you know, anything that can jump on me out of a tree and then drag me back up the tree. I got a healthy respect for Dang. I, I actually just, I didn't have a mountain lion encounter necessarily, but hiking around the mesas in New Mexico, I glassed up what I thought was a shed. My buddy glassed up what he thought was a shed. So I was like, dude, I've got just enough daylight. I'm going to bomb down the side of this mountain out into the valley. And I mean, it's, it's not wide open, but like there's enough open ground to where you can see where everything's been. It's like sandy, sandy soil. And I'm cruising and I look down and here's a cat track. That's like, I mean, just a T plate. Right. And I'm like, Oh, so I hit him up on the radio. I said, Hey, just a heads up. I got a cat track down here. We're like Bobcat. I was like, no mountain lion. No. And then full full on murder mittens. Oh yeah. We, (laughs) we were, we were, uh, I think it was day three. We were looking in dark timber for for sheds and you know we're we're split up to where we can't see each other typically if you yell you can hear the other guy and all of a sudden my buddy brian comes over the radio he's like chris is that you right behind me and i get back on the radio because chris's radio or like we were hunting together kind of and so i just had mine on i was like no man we're all the way at the back of this canyon i think you're still out on the point he's like uh Okay, well, I thought you guys were following me. Like, there is definitely something following me out here. So we kind of skirted around the the canyon and tried to glass over there. And he said, whatever it was, he quit hearing it and it was gone. But I'm like, yeah, dude, no thanks. Very well, could have been a mountain lion, man. I here's you've got an irrational fear of mountain lions. I have an irrational desire to get attacked by a mountain lion survive it with no life-threatening injuries but just have an awesome scar and a cool story there you go. yeah i could get that you know i've heard those stories what you know whatever you, you hear those ghost stories you know that there's that one i forget where it was what state where like there was this mountain lion was like um stalking this guy but the guy was in his cabin and it ended up like coming through the window of the cabin and attacking the guy and i'm like you know if they're gonna do that i'm good like <laughs> I, mean, I don't need to i don't need to mess around with them Dude, it, I mean, the element of danger just adds to the adventure, you know? Oh, that's true. Yeah. It can it can take you out. And I've, I've had some run-ins with grizzlies. I mean, nothing even close to, like, dangerous for me, I guess. Uh, I mean, it could have turned dangerous pretty quick. But, like, where I've hunted in grizzly country, it's the salmon run. So they couldn't care less about mammals at all. Yeah. They don't want big game. Yeah. It's just way too easy. And that, that would be the nice part about like Wyoming, Montana. If you could elk hunt during the salmon spawning, then Uh, you would never hear about people getting attacked anymore. Aside from like randomly walking up, you know, they're not, they're not coming on elk kills when they've got a whole river full of salmon and they can eat, you know, 30 in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So if you get drawn, I mean, what have you been, studying up on it or who's taking yeah it? you know so out there yeah so so again you know a little little uh kind of spoiled but so the the elk trip is actually my be a graduation present for my wife so it'll be a guided hunt i found a linked up with a good outfitter out there 
um, it'd be like base, I think unit 59. So it's like, just, I think just outside Yellowstone, be one of your horseback in, you know, seven days. So it's, you know, kind of like a, so, you know, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky I'm spoiled getting that dream hunt kind of up out of the way early, but, uh, yeah, I, I can tell you this much, you know, I, I think, I think I've probably been, you know, about five solid years of hunting now. I think I've progressed pretty well, but I can tell you this much. If I wasn't hunting with an outfitter, I wouldn't be going after elk <laughs> with the old with the old stick and string. I can tell you that much. And I'd, I'd be looking for, uh, you know, I, I'd be I'd be looking to to stretch the legs with the rifle a little bit. Um, but yeah, so you know, definitely going that route. But looking forward, you know, so there's that, and then obviously looking forward to the kind of the DIY hunt on the back end, you know, with Devin. So I I cannot wait to get out and chase elk with a bow. I mean, that's like. My buddy asked me the other day, what's your next hunt? Not like what's your next, uh, in order of time, but like, what's your next big hunt that you want to do that you haven't mm -hmm. done. And that's number one. Like I want to hunt a moose with a bow that's top of my bucket list, but realistically my next is to chase elk. And before this show, I was actually sitting there watching YouTube, watching people just going after them with a bow and hearing them bugle, seeing their yeah. breath in the air. I mean, they're coming in ready to fight oh my gosh man there i can't imagine i can't imagine that feeling yeah, yeah it's got to be pretty spectacular i like you I, you know i've never elk or elk hunted at all let alone elk archery elk hunt and yeah i just you know that's that's one of the big things i'm looking forward to, to to this year with that is just getting out and seeing the scenery but man you're right you know seeing some six by six or larger you know a 300 plus inch elk coming in stomping bugling whatever else and i'd be shaking like a leaf I, I know that for an absolute fact i don't even know if i could draw my bow let alone shoot one but uh yeah that's got to be just absolutely amazing i will say i mean you guys being from indiana bump that range up on your bow get used to shooting yeah. way out yeah. i've talked to yeah. so many guys out there and again i haven't done it just going on a mule deer hunt with a friend of mine last year with a bow that was my first like even tag along hunt and everyone's like, Oh, you'll be lucky to get within 40. And I'm like, dude, most, most of us Midwestern guys, like yeah. that's bottom pin, like yeah. we aren't really excited <laughs> much farther than that. I gotta, yeah. gotta figure that out quick. Yeah. Most, most of mine have been, you know, I've shot a few, maybe around the 30 yard range, but, and these hardwoods around here, it, unless you're hunting a field or something like that, you're not hitting anything over 25 yards. It's just not yeah. happening. There's just, it just can't. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to stretch the legs on the old bow. I, right now, I'm, I'm shooting. Well, I'm I'm shooting thirty, you know, and pretty pretty solid there. But I also live in a residential neighborhood, so you know, I've, I've not got a great place where I can really stretch it out to 40, 50 yards. So I'm gonna have to get out get out to the land and and, and stretch it out. But uh, but yeah, it, you know, and quite honestly, going uh going archery elk with you know that's that's pretty varsity move right out of the gate. But it, it's actually not our first attempt. We we Dev and I we actually drew tags in Colorado last year. Uh, or this past season, it was, it would have, would have been rifle, like rifle four, but right. that was actually, uh, uh, Devin, you, we, that was a good, uh, good lesson in, uh, doing your homework before you enter the, uh, draw. All right, guys, I'm excited to introduce the new age of accessing private property for hunting and fishing with infinite outdoors. I joined the infinite outdoors crew on a duck hunt in Colorado this fall, and the experience was unmatched. We were able to book the property right on their app, get directions to the blind, and had the whole place to ourselves. 
all for a super reasonable price. Infinite Outdoors has developed a unique way to combine conservation, technology, and private land access all through their US-built app and website. By working closely with landowners and on-staff biologists, they aim to bring you the best parts of accessing private land at the touch of a finger. They provide adventures for big game, turkeys, waterfowl, fly fishing, upland birds, small game, predators, and more. As yearly leases get more expensive and secluded public land gets harder to find, I believe this is the way of the future. To check it out for yourself, download the Infinite Outdoors app or visit infiniteoutdoorsusa.com and use code NOMADIC15 for 15% off your annual membership of $39.99. It's, it's pretty crazy the difference between rifle and archery, not just like the range that you're shooting at, but the strategy and going after them. Because, you know, I've got buddies that archery elk hunt all the time, and the goal is to get on the same hillside as them or call them over to your hillside. Whereas with rifle, my buddy Sean, who got me into it, he's like, dude, don't ever be on the same hillside as the elk. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why? You know, you like cut that distance down. He's like, you can't see him. The country that we're hunting in, you just can't see them. Like if you're mm -hmm. anywhere on the same plane as them, the the scrub oak is too tall. You're never gonna have a shot at the vitals. And yeah. uh, so I mean, all my shots on elk have been 300 plus. Yeah. To close that distance into under, I mean, I was shaking at 300 plus. You know, when I see elk on a hillside a mile and a half away, I'm shaking. I can't imagine. You know, those bulls that come in bugling and you draw back at 25 yards oh yeah you hear you know like i don't know if you listen to stories like guys like remy warren or whatever he's like oh yes i stalked into 12 yards to this world world class elk. how does that happen I, like i just i don't even understand it yeah and we think like like a buck's chasing a couple does around you know that's a couple extra sets of eyes well you're talking you might have 75 elk yeah, in there right and all the those eyes Oh, yeah. dude, you don't even have to worry about spooking the bull. You got to make sure you don't spook the cows before he shows uh, up. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different ball game for sure. That's definitely going to have to do a lot of research on that one. Yeah, that's 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 why he's Remy Warren, though, right? Right. <laughs> or, or, or always, Devin and I are always, you know, of course, like I'm sure with all your hunting buddies, you're always sending memes and Instagram posts and stuff back and forth. And, you know, of course, I think Remy went through that thing recently where he had like wrist surgery. So he's using the mouth tab for his bow, still just drilling stuff at like four, you know. So we're sending these things back and forth, and Devin will send me one. And I'm like, you know what? That's awesome. But F this guy, you know, yeah, I'm over real. here. I'm over here. Like, you know, hoping I get it, you know, hit my, my 3d, you know, uh, white tail target in the vitals. And this guy's out here shooting 50 yards with a mouth tab, just dropping stuff. And I'm like, you know, I swear guys are either getting dumber or just way better at everything because with, with Remy, it's like, okay, you film your own hunts. That's tough. I mean, filming a hunt is tough, much less when you're the one who has to shoot. Then you're thinking, okay, well, now you're doing it on public land. Okay, there's strike number two. Now you're shooting with a bow, strike number three. Oh, that's not challenging. I mean, he's not doing it to make it more challenging, but yeah, shooting a mouth tab. I'm like, how? How is it possible? Yeah. The, yeah. the success rate's like 3%. Most places, it's less than that with archery equipment to shoot a bull. 
and he's going out there and doing it with all of these other factors added in. Can you yeah. imagine just putting a rifle in his hand and sending him out to one of those Western states? Like he'd come back with a r- world record every other year. Yeah. I mean, he's dropping what, like he, he got what, like a caribou and fallow deer and red stag and all, all with a mouth tab and he's nah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I, I don't have that kind of time. It's also, it's also a prime example of why the guy's making a living at hunting too, though. So I think that's a difference, you know, guys like us, or at least guys like me and Devin, you know, we got, we got day jobs to pay for our hunting hobbies. And, uh, yep. you know, I think that's the difference between <laughs> doing it for a living and, and doing it as a, a very expensive hobby. Yeah. He's crazy. Um, why don't we, why don't we jump into talking about reasons? Uh, tell me a little bit about that. How did that come about? I mean, was that kind of a brainstorm between the two of you? Did one of you come up with it? How did this all happen? Well, it, it, uh, really started out just kind of a joke. Uh, you know, we were talking about, you know, sending those memes back and forth to each other, you know? So it, it would start out, you know, Josh would send me something to be like, I don't know. He's got like a, some guy's got like a flamethrower mounted to the front of his truck and he'd be like, Oh, I need one. What are you going to do with that? I don't know. I need it for reasons. (laughs) Like you don't need it. There's no reason why you need it. So it kind of started like that. You know, we were just talking about it whatever you know it really started out like i said as a, as a joke and it was kind of like and we started a conversation of you know well, well like you know because we we talked about you know maybe doing other ventures like a, a non-profit type thing to to benefit uh veterans uh, in hunting specifically and um that may one day still be the goal but right now we're doing this and having fun with it and and why not you know and um so you know then, then it kind of branched off and it you know well you know, why do we hunt? You know, well, reasons, you know, the, the reasons why we hunt and it just kind of stuck and, and, and we went with it. Um, so that's really kind of how it started. Yeah. So, you know, just like what, what Devin said, you know, it started out as a joke. And then, you know, as we kind of talked about, you know, getting, you know, doing whatever, I guess we're doing now, we decided, you know, that it's it, that even though it's like reasons, you know, yeah, we don't, you know, reasons is the only excuse you need. Right. But more than that, like everybody has a reason why they hunt. And I think to, if you want to connect with people and if you want to kind of share with hunting, I think, you know, it, I think there's a lot of commonality between the reasons why we hunt. I mean, you know, just the three of us here have found a lot of commonality, you know, the camaraderie and kind of the challenge, but like everybody has their own reasons. And I think, you know, so, you know, the goal was really to just kind of make that a platform for kind of talking and sharing about it, you know? So, you know, we're, we're a couple of Gen X guys, you know, we're not necessarily the greatest with social media, but we're kind of blindly feeling our way through this thing. But, you know, the big thing that we know that we can all connect with, with all hunters is, is kind of talking about the reason why we do it, you know? So there's obviously a lighter side to it. So we do talk about, you know, the, the, you know, Hey, you know, why do we need this brand new gun? Because reasons are, you know, you know, why do we hunt all the time or, but really it's, you know, talking about and and sharing with people the the reasons why we do it. And it's everything from the lighthearted, you know, like, you know, maintain my sanity to the, you know, kind of talking about the other kind of more uh, things with a little more gravity, you know, so, you know, we we touched on the, 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 the veterans piece, you know, that's a a big thing, a flavor we try to like to try to add with everything um, or at least touch on, you know, cause it is, it's, it's a big reason why a lot of, especially veterans hunt because it's that connection to each other. It's that connection with our primal nature. And it's just a great way to have a, maintain a sense of purpose in our life after you left a, you know, a group where, you know, you had a sense of purpose every day. Yeah. 
That's that's cool. I mean, I love hearing when when guys come up with an idea, and even if it is just a joke to start, you know, turning that into something, whether it's making apparel or getting guys out there to experience the same thing that you guys have, because hunting, although like it's deep rooted in us, a lot of people are losing touch with it. You know, they have no idea where their food comes from. Mm-hmm. They they have no concept of death you know like a loved one dies and it's just what do i do with this like i'm i've never been around anything dead in my life and mm-hmm. for like for my kids it's funny because they talk about death like it's oh well you know <laughs> they've watched me butcher pigs before we we've killed chickens you know uh piglets die they get rolled over on their by their mom and the kids are just like oh okay and now my kids are like, dad, are you going to make that thing dead? And I'm like, well, maybe, maybe when season gets here, but it's like getting people reconnected with that and kind of understanding more about nature, more about where we came from, more familiar with these things. Um, no matter how you go about it, no matter how the, uh, the company or the business started, like it's always fun to, to get people out there and help them experience it. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, that's, you know, we, like we were talking about reasons, you know, and, and we talked about, you know, you putting food on the table and, you know, good, good. That's a, a good reason why I do it. I'm a, don't get me wrong. You know, if I 180 inch white tail walks along, it'd be my day. I've never shot a deer like that. To be honest with you, I've never seen a deer like that in the woods, um, let alone gotten a chance to shoot at one, but you know, I love it. You know, part of the reasons why I do is, you know, I feed my kids as what's all my kids eat they're like oh you know they asked for for deer steaks i had an incident freezer incident uh, my youngest son decided he needed a popsicle and left the freezer door open too long and so like part of the the meat thaws out which is just like oh, you know it's, it's awful right like i can see like the look on your face right now is just horrifying it's gut-wrenching right? man so i lost uh, i had like uh four back straps from a cup from a couple of deer uh, thought out and it's like now I gotta cook them right and so I gave two to my sister and, and her family she's got my sister's got like four kids and so she's constantly running to the grocery store so I gave her you know a couple back straps I cooked a couple and like I walk in the kitchen and my oldest son's just literally standing over the stove just cutting slices of back strap off and just <laughs> eating them as they're cooling off you know you know that's what they ask for they they want steaks they ask for deer steaks or deer meat or or whatever else or, or hog um now they ask for for hog they've grown an affinity for pulled pork and um whatever meatballs they call them dad's famous meatballs they i do like i usually do uh venison and ground pork mix that together and make meatballs they're pretty fantastic i'm not gonna lie um you know so there's that and uh you know my my girlfriend she came over one of the first times she came over and we're gonna have dinner and, and i was like we'll just go out to the freezer and grab a little white package you know it's ground meat it'd be fine. Right. And for her, it kind of, it really sunk in. Um, and I remember the comment, you know, it was, um, talking about food insecurity, like during the pandemic, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't find your lockdown, you go to the grocery store and you couldn't buy meat. Yep. And it was like, I didn't care. I went out to the garage and opened the freezer and bam, we're having backstrap for dinner. Right. Or steaks or I don't know, tacos, who knows, whatever. And she's like, is it always like that? And I'm like, yeah, 
And if I, if I do my job right. <laughs> right, yeah. If the season works out the way it should, I drop a few deer and whatever else. Yeah, we're putting up a couple, you know, 100, 150 pounds of meat every year in, in, in deer meat and uh, or venison. And yeah, it's always like that. So, you know, that's another big, you know, big thing for me is is one of the reasons why I do is, you know, it's, it's not only a, a passion, a lifestyle, really, but it's, you know, it's it's a way of life of putting food on the table, to feed my family. Yeah, it it's weird growing up in a hunting family and then thinking about people who haven't because like what person aside from a hunter has a hundred pounds of meat, like a year's worth, a year's supply of meat. They bought an extra freezer just for it. Nobody does. And I didn't really think about that with the pandemic. When the pandemic hit, I lived my life exactly the same as I always do. You know, like all my, I had a couple buddies that were, uh they were staying inside i was like you need anything from walmart like i'm heading there right now they're like dude you're going out i'm like yeah i'm going out and so i would like be the grocery delivery guy dropping it off at their door but i never thought about the meat side of it because Mm -hmm. i don't buy meat like if i go to the to like the meat section or the deli section it's to get my kids maybe some sliced turkey for for a snack like they'll eat turkey crackers and cheese right Mm -hmm. or uh, I'll make turkey sandwiches for them after school. But other than that, like we don't buy meat. I, I don't remember the last time I went yeah. and bought a steak or bought hamburger or bought any. Yeah. Well, I do, unfortunately, because I also had a freezer incident. It was like <laughs> two years ago. Yeah, and that's rough. It's it's your worst nightmare come true. I still like yeah. when I talk about it, I get sick to my stomach. Just thinking back to all the meat that I had to pull out of that thing. Yeah. There's, there's not much worse like that and wounding an animal and not being able to recover it. It's, not, it's basically the same thing. It, yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it is. really is. It's, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, that is that is one of the, yeah, that's a horrible feeling. You know, I've been fortunate enough that, uh, you know, you always, eventually you hunt long enough, it's going to happen. Like yeah. you're, you're going to shoot a deer, you're going to shoot whatever. Um, I've only ever had that happen one time where, you know, it, it was actually two seasons ago i had a, a mechanical failure on my bow and i hit the deer with the arrow but with the mechanical failure um it didn't you know it hit super high and just basically i shot the back straps basically is what happened and you know you watch the deer run off you know it's not going to die well more than likely it's not going to die it'll heal up and move on man you talk about an animal that's got a desire to live there's nothing, nothing much, nothing else really much comes on a whitetail when it comes to the desire to live. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a sick feeling when you see that happen. And it's the same when that, you know, your freezer incident or mine, you're just like, Oh my God, that's just, it's the worst thing ever. Yeah, yeah. it really is. What, uh, what do you guys have coming up next? Are you guys in Turkey season? Yeah. Almost. So, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's Turkey season here. And so I I'm actually in North Carolina now. I've been in North oh, Carolina okay. for, for quite a few years, grew up in Indiana, but I've been in North Carolina for a long time. So it was youth Turkey two weeks ago. We've been, I think we're now into our second week of Turkey here. So um, yeah. So t- Turkey's what we got lined up. Like I said, it's, uh, it's first year really hunting Turkey hard, you know, really going for it. So I'm planning on getting out this weekend with my son again Um going to look, you know, going to try. So I have a, here in North Carolina, I have a love-hate relationship with public land uh, in that I love to hate it, but 
<laughs> you know, when, when it's what you got, I, I've, I've, all I've seen pop up out of my, I've got turkeys out on the land, but really all I've seen out there is a couple of hens poking around, no, no toms running around. So um, I'm going to hit up some public land this weekend with my, uh, with my son. And then, um, you know, maybe try to get out one more weekend after that, or maybe during the week next week, if I can get away, you know, see if we can put a turkey in the freezer, you know, that'd be a great little Thanksgiving feast, uh, you know, turkey harvested, but, uh, and then, um, and then I know in a couple weeks it starts up in Indiana and I'm going to head up and hunt, uh, with Devin up in Indiana, go after Turkey up there. Nice. Yeah. We'll start in, uh, what is the last week? Uh, 26th of April, I think is when season comes in here and it's short. We've only got like a three week season. That's it. Uh, it's pretty short and it ends, um, I want to say mother's day. Yeah, I've, I've gone turkey hunting on Mother's Day more than once. So, <laughs> hey, that's all right. I miss my wife's birthday every year for elk season. So, it, it, it's all right. Necessary sacrifice, right? right? Yeah, but you know, if if you don't have that, you know, if you don't have that kind of relationship with your wife, or you even a hunter, you know, where like you know you hunt, <laughs> she hates it. But you know, I, I know I know Devin's got it with his girlfriend. I've got it with my wife. You know, it's it's like you know, of course they, they, they're not big fans when we're gone all the time. So you always got to try to, you always got to try to even things out with a nice trip. You know, Dev and I were talking, we were going to take, take our significant others to Hawaii, you know, for like a week, you know, but then, you know, we're going to make sure we like, you know, get away for three days and go after, you know, the, the feral goats or the feral pigs or maybe the axis or something there, you know, it's kind of, you know, so, you know, four days and, you know, you put in our, our good boy points and then, you know, we get to go hunt <laughs> feral goats. I've had conversations with probably eight guys in the past year about this exact thing. And I'm beginning to think there's a market for it. And we just need to start a business where it's like, you have your getaway. It's like a couple's yep. retreat, you know, yep. you get four friends together and then, you know, my wife would plan something for the women. I would plan something for the guys. Yep. Everybody likes going to Hawaii yep. guys. I'm for me, if I'm on the beach, like I can only lay on the beach so long. Like I just yeah. don't really care. I'm like I don't care how tan I am. My wife probably does. She hates a farmer's tan, but I'm like I really don't care. At the end of the day, she could sit out there for 25 days straight and be content as can be. For me, I'm like I need to be throwing a football, throwing a frisbee, boogie boarding. I got to be doing something else. And if I can go out and hunt while she's hanging at the beach, we're both real happy. Oh, yeah. See what we got to do is we got you know build a hunting lodge with like a spa for the ladies there you and, go. A sh and, and a shuttle you know to like the mall or whatever you know extremely stereotypical of course but I mean let's be honest <laughs> yeah, well, I think brilliant I think, business idea yeah I think I think even better would be like two separate lodges you got the ladies lodge the guys lodge and then like every third night we all get together and hang out there you go and that way they're happy <laughs> we're happy because. The other part is like nobody wants girls in camp, right? I mean, not to be sexist, but like at a guy, like you're hanging out with five dudes and you go on a hunt somewhere, whether it's whitetail, turkey, hog, and one of them's like, hey, can I bring my wife? What's what's everybody's answer? Like, dude, uh, you know, that's not really this trip. Like we're all hanging out. And getting back to the dark humor, like yeah, my, exactly, wife, exactly. my wife yeah. made the mistake of looking at my phone during my guys night group <laughs> text and she never would, she'll never pick it up on a Thursday again. Yeah, yeah no, no, yeah, that's absolutely right. And we're, so we, 
we have a rule, you know, Josh said he took his, his boys when we went hunting this last time. There's a rule, you know, there's certain things that are said yep. when you're, you're in the hunting camp or you're in the, the hunt party that, you know, certain things fly then and there's conversations, um, you know, we have that most people don't want to, don't want to be uh, a part of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. We guys, gonna, guys, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, I actually had to have a conversation on the tail end, just make sure they go like, hey, boys, you know, you are now in the the man circle of trust. There, <laughs> there are certain things that went on that we just do not talk about when we leave here. We can talk about it here, but the, you know, I, and that's kind of that's kind of yeah. part of it, you know, br- bringing him into the bring him into the circle. And that's a good age too. We had we had a guy bring his son, and I don't know how old this kid was maybe seven or eight to elk camp last year. And he might even listen to this. He's going to get a kick out of it because his son came and the dad was like, dude, listen, anything goes at elk camp. Like you're here. Mom's not here. Like say whatever you want. And this kid had the worst mouth out of any of us by the end of the, <laughs> yeah. by the, end of the yeah. week. I mean, oh, yeah. he's just cussing for the fun of it. Yeah. Like yeah. Not, it doesn't even make sense. He's just throwing words out there. Like you'll ask him something and he just turns and flips you off. I'm like, listen, you punk kid, I'll still slap the crap out of you. Like, and his dad's yeah. like, Hey, just so you know, you say something to the wrong person, you might get, you know, something thrown back at you. But yeah. I, I was like, I think at 15, they could handle it. Yeah. If I took my six year old son, you know, he's not going to be able to turn that off when he gets back to school. No way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's taken me a few years, you know, obviously, you know, kid, my kids have been 15, they've been in the teenage years for a few years. So it's, it's been a little, you know, a little up and down, you know, they, they had bad mouths. We've got been kind of hard on it. Now they're, 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 they're okay. They kind of know, but kind of going into it, I was like, all right, you know, when we're hunting, you know, it, it's cool. I was like, you know, I was like, no, don't abuse it. Like don't, you know, for the yeah. heck of it, you know, but, and it was, uh, I was with, sitting in the blind with uh, my other son, the one who had already got a hog and a deer before. And he was sitting there and he was really wanting a big hog because his brother had already gotten a big hog. But we're sitting there. We'd been sitting there for a while. And in comes a group. I think it's like four. We'll call them Weber plus size. They're a little bit bigger than the usual Webers. And I'm like, hey, bud, there's some hogs on the feeder. I was like, totally up to you. You know, you never know if another group's going to come out. You know, if you want to go ahead and take one, take one. So, you know, so he you know picks up the rifle, he's sighting through, I think he probably thinks about it for a minute or whatever, you know, and then he just says, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to shoot this one, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, all right, yeah, you got it, buddy, yeah. it's all you, go for it, man, you know, and that was just the, that was absolutely probably what I would have thought, and it's probably a good thing he did, because you know, we ended up sitting there another couple of hours, didn't see anything else come in, but, uh, you know, yeah, I was like, yep. Absolutely good. And then, but on the way home, there's a reminder. All right, guys, because I, I think I caught one of them dropping an F-bomb on the way home in the car. I was like, all right, just so you know, hunting trips over, start to transition back into, <laughs> start to tra- transition back into the real world. Let's, let's watch that. Man, that's funny. And I love, I love Weber. I'm going to have to start using that one when I'm pig hunting. It's, I just need a write-in section where people can write in and like respond to episodes Cause I would love to get a full list of the different size descriptions for pig. Yeah. Cause when we're helicopter hog hunting, it's all sports, right? Yeah. Oh, Hey, here we got a couple softballs. Oh, Hey, yeah. there's a football. Yeah. Obviously it's relatable to 95% of men, but uh, yeah. Throwing that out there, the Webers. I'm yeah. The Webers. Yeah. And, and, and for the record, we, we can't take credit for that one. I, and I don't even know, I know it was Ryan, but I think it might, I don't even know if Ryan can take credit for that one. I think there was another guy, 
that Ryan was telling me about that would come hunt with him quite a bit. He's like, Hey, he loves to shoot the Weber's every time he comes out here. He's like, he doesn't want the big ones. He want he's just going to shoot a Weber and take it home and grill it up whole. I was like, all right, man. It works it really well though. I can tell you that. Yeah, dude, those <laughs> things are tasty, man. Yeah. They are. Holy cow. I mean, you don't get the big layer of fat, which that's one of my favorite parts when you're cutting up a pig and you just have that like inch, inch and a half of fat on it that you can, oh, you're talk- on, you you're can talking about the shield. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not even. Oh talking no, about you're not about that. Oh yeah, the... oh actual body fat. Yeah, 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 body yeah, the fat. fat. I mean, farm pigs get it. Some yeah. places, the actual like wild boars don't get it. But when we hunted down in Georgia this year, uh, that's one thing you guys should look out for is Cumberland. Cumberland Island. Island. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's on our list. Oh, yeah, July one yeah. with that for July one to hit that draw. Yep. Hey, maybe we'll <laughs> just see you down there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They, yeah, those pigs down there. I started cutting into them. I'm like, dude, what's up with the fat? And they're like, all of them are like that. And I was yeah. like, they all have a good layer of fat. And they're like, they do. I mean, all they do is eat acorns all the time. Okay. Yeah. And so I was like, shoot, man, I've never seen out of all the pigs that I've killed in the wild. I've never seen wild pigs have fat like those ones. Do you? Yeah. And the ones we, the ones we got they're they're pretty lean. You know, they, they move around a lot. They're eating pretty lean diets, but you know, we talk about the shield, you know, what's crazy is trying to explain to people about the shield, especially on the boars, but sometimes even the sows will have them, you know, people, they can't necessarily wrap their heads around this concept of hogs and a shield. And then, you know, when you start trying to explain to people why hog hunting is tough, why shot placement is so key and how some of them can like, literally some of them will eat a bullet, you know, you know, they'll go and throw themselves down in the mud, pack some mud into it and keep on going. And, you know, sometimes you just got to show them, you know, you're dealing with a boar, it's got like a, inch and a half of cartilage you know surrounding his shoulders and it's it's that's a that's sometimes you know people tend to be pretty surprised when they see that hey i i watched the guy so one thing is i've gone on a couple hunts with like different vets or vet organizations i'm not a vet but i've been you know just invited by those guys so i go down to hunts for heroes with these guys from texas or go down to texas with these guys for from hunts for heroes and I'm standing across a slough and I'm watching this guy and he was just another buddy that came with and he's literally running backwards from this pig, just dumping 10 mil rounds into it. <laughs> I mean, he empties his full, he had a full size Glock 10 mil empties his whole clip and then just turns and starts running from it. <laughs> Meanwhile, the other guys are circling, trying to get a clean shot on it yeah. and they end up killing it. I bet you that pig had, 13, 14 bullets in it by the time it died. And I'm like, dude, this is crazy. I mean, not only that, it just got shot. Most animals would run from pain. Mm-hmm. This thing's like, all right, now it's my turn, you know? And yeah, hog hunting, you got to go with the right guys, but also some of those guys are crazy going in with knives or spears trying to kill them. Have you ever hunted with dogs? I've, I've not pig hunted with dogs, but okay. that's on the list also. Yeah, that, that's that's on our list as well. It's kind of funny. It's uh, you, you know, we follow a couple pages where and they're guys that they're, and it, you know, it's like there's like a pecking order in hunters, right? Like, and and I think amongst hog hunters, the guys that run dogs, they definitely feel like they're a step above, and I, you know, and part of me gets it, you know, and and honestly, I don't blame them. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly jealous. I'm like, hey, invite me, you know, <laughs> invite like us, we'll go. They're the catfish noodlers of the hunting. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's yeah. a good analogy. That's a great analogy. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. I I really appreciate you guys hopping on, and I I feel like we definitely need to do a hunt together sometime, whether it's oh, yeah. an island or somewhere else. Man, we, yeah. Should, yeah. we yeah. should absolutely get together and do one. Yeah, sounds good to me. That'd be awesome. Before we hop off, where can people find you? Where can they find Reasons Outdoors and see what you guys have coming up? Yeah, so we've got uh, mostly on Instagram. Mostly it's uh, Reasons underscore uh, Hunting. Uh, you can look us up there. Uh, we got a link to our store. We got some t-shirts and stuff like that, that we've put together. They're mostly just kind of yeah, bad jokes that we've come up with and put on t-shirts <laughs> is really what they are. Uh, but they work and they're funny and people seem to like them so far. Um, that's the big place. Um, try to do must. It's all hunting related for the most part. Occasionally something else sneaks in because it's life, right? You know, yep. um, some pictures of hunts. We got some pictures from our most recent hog hunt up there. We're both doing some testing with some different arrows um different veins and stuff for arrows there's some stuff like that on there right now so um that's the best way right now we've got a uh i think we've got what like one facebook post or something like that <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know I th- we've got really a facebook a yeah yeah you yeah. guys don't seem like much uh much for being tiktokers no. so well so you know what we actually tried tiktok and then we had two two posts taken down in 24 hours and honestly they weren't even really that bad it was and after that, I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm done with this. They, they never I, are. You like tame you know, it back and they still get paid. It's I know. ridiculous. You know, and I, I was skeptical on TikTok to start with, you know, and like I said, we're a couple of Gen X guys. So it's like almost sacrilege to even get on TikTok. <laughs> and I felt like we really put ourselves out there just by doing it. And we put, you know, like some pretty, you know, probably not G-rated, but it was, you know, not bad at all. And, uh, and yeah, they got two of them got taken down in 24 hours. And I was like, you know what? Nah, we're done. (laughs) The the TikTok experiment is over. So (laughs) that's funny. Well, guys, I really do appreciate it. And, uh, it's been a pleasure. So Devin, Josh, thanks for hopping on. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. And that is going to wrap it up for today's episode. Now, if you haven't already go hop on YouTube, search the nomadic outdoorsman and check out the newest episode on YouTube. It is the first full length episode. I mean, it's like 20 something minutes of just shed hunting chaos and awesomeness. There is a lot of great content in there. And if you guys are into shed hunting, even if you're not, you should go check this out because up until this point, I could not say that I was a shed hunter. I was a shed looker. I tried to find them. I just really, really sucked at it. But the episode is up live now. Go check it out. Thanks for listening.